Thank you so much. Hallelujah. What a church. I'm amazed. You know, Richard Gunny, when he invited us to, to preach in a church service, he said, uh, make sure that you're not on a campaign, you know. Make sure that you're not in Africa. You have to stick to the time. You have to be aware, you know, of, of the... The situation, you have to preach short message, you have to ask the pastor, you know, are you allowed to pray for people? But this is a wonderful church. <laughs> wow, what a worship. What a joy to meet in the house of God and see all your beautiful faces and happy um, passion for Jesus. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Um, we come from Norway. And we both preach together, and I won this. Normally, we, we fight about who's preaching, uh, because we both love to preach. But this time, I won, because my English is a tiny bit better than my husband's. <laughs> so that's my... <laughs> so I allow him to come afterwards to, um, to share something. But uh, I have a message. It's not so deep as the goat milk thing that your pastor is presenting. Um, it's just inspiration. It's just a focus uh, on missions. Vision for mission. It's the passion of, of God. But first, I just want to pray and just dedicate this in the hands of, of our Lord and Savior. Sweet Jesus, I thank you that you are here today. I thank you, Lord, that you have something on your heart, Lord. And I pray that you will give us open hearts and open ears to receive what you want to give us, Lord. And I just pray for this wonderful church that they will grow and that they will know you in a deeper way, more intimate. And that their love and their passion for you will be known in this area and be a tremendous blessing in Belfast and in the surrounding Northern Ireland, Lord. I pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just check the time so I'm not kind of, yeah. We just returned last week from Guinea, Western Africa. We were preaching the gospel to a tribe called Fulani. The Fulani tribe is a very, very strict Muslim tribe. It's uh, the first um, tribe to receive um, Islam in the Western part of Africa. And they're a proud people. We had the challenge of rainy season. So the rain was pouring down like crazy. It was thunder and lightning. But we stood there, you know, soaking wet and preaching the gospel because it's the message that there's a power in. That's the only message that can save people's life. And when we stood there preaching the gospel, the crowd began at a thousand people almost. And then because of the rain, they all fled. Uh, but, they, but, but when God was moving and what God was touching, uh, the few who was left people came back. When God is touching the lives, when God was healing blind eyes, people came back. And during those five days of campaign, we saw people from the Fulani tribe come to Christ, give their lives to Christ. We saw imams, Muslim leaders, standing, you know, with big eyes, listening in attention to the message of Jesus. It was wonderful. And now there's a church planting going on in that area from local uh, Guinea, Guineans, Guineans? I don't know how you say that, but local people from Guinea anyways. 
wanting really to reach that area, not just to drop a bomb and then leave, but we take responsibility afterwards too, that they are trained and that they've been making disciples all over the region. So that was last week. On a regular basis, we are sent out from a Pentecostal church in southern Norway. We work in um, southern parts of Germany, in Bavaria and in Austria. We work with church planting among the, the Catholics, among the atheists, among the, the young people who say, oh, it's not important with God anymore. That's our burden, to reach out and really to show them. You cannot be indifferent. You have to choose. You have to do something about this Jesus. And when we stand on the streets of Bavaria or Austria, and when we talk to people about Jesus, a lot of people just walk by and they say, hey, well, I, my life is fine as it is. But I know that one day will come when we, when we stand in front of our, of our Savior and God, and we have to, um, yeah, we have to, he will ask only one question. What, what did you do about my son? Did you believe in him? And that's what matters. Not that you were born and raised in a Christian family. Not that you were um, a good uh, man or a good woman all your life. But what did you do with Jesus? That's the question. That's the question he will ask. I myself was born and raised in an atheist family. That was my uh, start in life. My mom and my dad said, there is no God. Jesus, he's just a fairy tale. He's too good to be true, you know, in, in, in a way. But one day I started to long for something more. And then in my school, a lot of Christians um, went. And they, they kind of, they keep asking me to come to church. And I said, well, hey, th those kind of things, that's nothing for me. I'm tough, you know, on the outside. But there was something on the inside that was longing for something more. And when I was 16 years old, I sat in my room at home and I said, God, if you are really alive, if you are really up there somewhere, you have to pay attention because I'll give you one chance in my life to prove that you are real. And then he came, not with angels or trumpets or anything, but he came inside my heart. And I knew from that moment on, wow, this is real. And from I was 16 years old, I gave my life to him. And I've been living for him ever since. Because he is a marvelous, marvelous savior. He's so wonderful. And we have been preaching the gospel now. We've been married for five years and preaching the gospel in, in several countries. We were actually supposed to go to Vietnam uh, now in this November. But we just received the message that the, the contact person is in prison for his faith. And then we had to cancel. But I hope that God will open the door once again for, for Vietnam. We go to Africa, we go to Asia, we have a lot of, of things going on. And the most important thing is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached all over the world. And thank you so much for supporting ACE and the, the work of Richard Gunning and, and the ministries that we do together. Thank you so much for that. I just want to share uh, from, from 2 Kings with you. 2 Kings chapter 7. There's a very, very interesting story in 2 Kings chapter 7. I'll just kind of explain to you the, um, the situation at that time. There was a famine in the land and the people of Israel were starving. It was, the famine was so bad and the price to buy, um, grow, to buy things to eat uh, was so high that they, even some of them turned to cannibalism to kind of, to kind of um, to get something to eat. And then the story begins 
in 2 Kings chapter, uh, chapter 7 and verse, from verse 3 and onwards. It says that there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. You know, leprosy, they were, they were cast out from their city. They were considered unclean. They had to live outside the gate of the city. And the four men were sitting there. And they said to each other, why stand here until we die? They were starving too, like the rest of the city. Why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die too. What a situation. So let us go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Death all over. What should they do? What was the best option? To go into the city, they would die. To stay, they would die. To go to the enemy's camp, they would most likely die. But they said, we have to do something. Verse 5. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the, uh, the Hittite and Egypt kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left their camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go at once and report this to the royal palace. Do you know, they came to the camp of the enemy and they thought this is a chance to take. They might kill us there. But God prepared the way for them. And when they came to the camp, the camp was empty of people. But there were plenty of food. There were plenty of richness. They came with no hope. And then they found, they found the things that they were searching for. They found food enough. They found riches enough to survive. And I can just see how they kind of dived into the tent and just right into to the, to the, to the food and just, ate like crazy, filling their pockets, you know, with all the riches. And I can just imagine, you know, how, how they spoke to one another. Wow, this must be heaven, you know, this is, wow. And then all of a sudden, they started to think about, about their, their people. And they realized, this, what we have found, that could be something to save our village, our people. You know, they, they, found, they found salvation, so to say. And they realized, hey, this is a day where we can bring good news to our people. We have salvation. We have, we have found salvation. But this is the day to bring good news to our tribe, to our people. 
And somehow they felt guilty. They felt guilty that they were sitting there just enjoying, you know. And they realized, hey, today we need to do something. And this story goes further on and it says, they went to the king and they tried and, and they told him, hey, this is what we have found. And the king was a bit skeptic, skeptic at first because, you know, for leopard, leprosy uh, striking men, you know, put out outside of the, of the city walls. You know, he was skeptic, skeptic about how to trust him, to, to trust them, sorry. But then he sent someone to, to look and see and then, and what, what he saw and what they passed on became salvation for Israel. And this is something for us, a story for us too. We have met Jesus. We have found the one who has the only name to be saved by. We have been touched by him. We have the opportunity to be in his presence. And there's a lot of people in this world who are starving to death, who are dying, but they cannot see that he is the way. They might know him in theory. They might know, they might know about Jesus in the cradle, you know. They might know the stories, but they, they are blind because they don't know that he is the real one who can help us, who, is the, who has the only name to be saved by. And I think we have not just a possibility or not just we are bound to share the gospel. I think so. Because the Bible says in Romans, how can they believe in someone that they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without no one preaching? This is truth. We have a responsibility to share Jesus. And I, as I understand, Moira has 2,500 inhabitants. This church is quite big for that number. And there are a lot of churches here, I understand, speaking to your pastor. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to reach out to this world. And the Bible says that Jesus will return once every tribe on earth has heard the gospel. And that's our, our responsibility. You know, Mark 16, if you, follow, if you have a Bible, you can follow me to Mark 16. Mark 16. From verse, from, from verse 15, we see that, that Jesus gives the great commandment. Slightly in another version than in Matthew 28. But he says, go into all the world and preach the good news. And then, when he finished saying that, in, from verse 19, he says, it says, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up in heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that accompanied it. You know, many times, I come from a Pentecostal church in Norway. That's also a large church um, compared to its inhabitants. In my village, it's 3,500 people in town. Uh, town, it, it might be. 3,500 people. And our church is about 500. And we love to sit inside the church and pray. 
We pray, Jesus, touch our town. Jesus, reach out. Jesus, we pray that you will go to my neighbor and really, really convince him that you are real. But the thing is, Jesus, when he finished what he came to do, he finished to pay for our sins. He finished to he took the sickness upon himself he died on the cross and he rose again and when he finished his task when he finished what he came to do he went to heaven and he sat down at the right hand side of the father but the sharing of the gospel did not stop because the disciples continued and we have been given a task we have been given a responsibility to share the gospel. So when I pray, God, reach out to my mom, then God, many times God turned the question and he says, you go and I'll go with you. You know, God is a spirit, but he needs a body. Yeah? I think my, I think my mom, who's still an atheist, would be kind of surprised if God came in the spirit you know, revealed himself to her and said, hello, I'm God, believe me. But if, but if I come as a human being, but self-filled by his spirit, it wouldn't be so strange. Can you agree on that? It wouldn't be so strange. He is looking for a body. He is looking for someone who says, I want to go. I want to follow. Um, I, want to, I want to do the, the, the great commandment. I want to do, not just to, to stay inside the church and pray, but whenever he says something, whenever he leads us to the neighbor, to go to the nations or whatever he, he leads you to, to pray and to, to really give to, to missions, I will say, yes, I will do that. Because it's not about us. It's not about me. And, and my prayer lately has just been this, from a worship song, break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. Because all I am is for his kingdom's cause. Not my way, not my system, not my way of organizing and planning, but his way. So break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours. And what is on God's heart for the world? What is on God's heart for the world? He sat down and the disciples continued. And it was a cooperation between God, between, between the disciples and the Holy Spirit. And I think that's our work and our duty too. I know a pastor's family in Norway. He's a pastor in the Pentecostal church. He has, his name is Pastor Torkelsen. That was Norwegian. He has four children. The three children uh, the, the three youngest children, they are like mainstream uh, believers. They are doing everything right. They have, they are married, they have children, they work and everything. But the, but the oldest son, Atle, he is not managing his life so very well. You know, Atle, he was raised in this wonderful pastor's family. But his life some, somehow made a turn. Atle is now a drug addict because he could not stand the pressure of being this perfect pastor's son. So he left the church and he, and he fell out from the form, so to say, that was expected. It went so far with Atle that he had no money left. He moved home to his parents. 
he started to steal his mother's silverware to get money for drugs. He, he took the pearls from his mother to sell to be able to buy drugs. And it came to a point where the parents said, we cannot live with this anymore. And they said, I'm sorry, but you have to move out of our house. And the mom's heart was hardened, but the heart of the father made this pastor drive around town just to see if his son was alive. So every third or fourth day, this is what the pastor in this church is doing. He drives around where he knows that the drug addicts in the city is, is, is meeting. He drives around just to see, is he alive? Is he still there? And when he, meet, when he sees his son, he might give him a brief hug if, it, if he's you know, up on his feet. Or he might just smile and wave at him to say, hey, you're still my son. The wife doesn't know about this because she is too hurt to take him into the family again. She is too hurt from what he did, stealing and you know, really misusing, misusing her trust. But the heart of the father is searching for the lost. The heart of the father is searching for his son, just to see, are you there, my son? I'm longing for you. And I think this is the heart of the father for this world. He is searching. He's searching for those who are lost because they are his children. Even though they choose to turn their back on tradition, even though they say no to religion, that doesn't mean that they are not God's children that are lost. And that needs to, to, have, to meet the Father. Not this, you have to do this, you have to change. They have to meet the love of the Father. And God is searching all over the world for the lost people. And when my question or my prayer to God is, break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours, this image comes to my mind about this pastor who travels around looking for his son that, that is lost. Break my heart, Lord, for what breaks yours, because everything I am is for your kingdom's cause. We can discuss a lot of things. There are a lot of interesting things in the Bible. There are a lot of theories. There are a lot of topics that could be preached about. But the main thing is this, that God loved the world so much that he came, he gave his son so that we should not perish but have everlasting life. And like the four leopard striking men we have the we have the we we must bring the good news to people we sit there we have met him and we sit there you know in the in with the food with the silver with the gold with the riches all that we can imagine but somehow to keep it to ourselves only somehow that brings us put us in shame somehow because we have been touched with the good news about Jesus and we 
have the obligation to give that to others. Amen. Let me end with one verses in the Bible. Mark 16, like my wife said. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and be baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, in my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak me new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will be placed their hands on the sick people and they will get well. After Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. And he sat at the right hand of God. That was the last thing Jesus said. Go out. Do the will of God. Don't be afraid. God will be with us. These signs will follow those who believe. Who are those who believe? It is you and it is me. How are we going to do it? Can you give me two points how to do it? I don't know. But what I know, when we are going out with Jesus Christ, in our ways, testify what we have been receiving. God will confirm his words. That is his promise. We are planting church in Germany. People are asking, how are you doing it? I have no idea. But what I know is what the Bible says. He has promised us to be together with us. He has not promised us an easy life where everything is one plus one is two. But he has promised us, I will be with you every day until the end comes. And I will give you everything you need to do the will of God. I will provide everything you need to do the will of God. And I will give you Every possibilities. I will give you every power you need. When you are testifying about Jesus, God will convince the people around you. Amen? It is so easy to go into a discussion. Listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. Three things I want to explain for you. Why Jesus? And you are in a discussion and you are arguing about Jesus Christ. The Bible says... This is the Holy Spirit to convince the people. We should just give what we have been receiving. And the task of God, he will convict the people. Amen? That's much easier. What do you mean, John? Is it easy? Well, I don't know. But I think it's the easiest thing is to be a missionary. Because I'm just telling and God is convicting. And God is providing miracles. I am a guy with no education. I can't go into school. I have problems with reading, with uh, writing, 
with concentration. I don't know what you say here in England, but in Norway we say uh, ADHD. I don't know if you have it here. I have it. I have big problems with schools. I was nobody. The school hated me because I was a problem maker in the school. But then Jesus came and changed me. And now me and my wife have been traveling around the world with the gospel. We are teaching pastors how to go out. We are encouraging pastors around the world how to do it. We are helping people and God is helping us around the world and also in, in Germany. And I just want to give you a small testament of what's happened on the street in Germany. I met a guy, um, he was 25 years old and he came to us in the streets and said, uh, what is this? Uh, what do you mean? I said, uh, it's a tent there. It stands uh, street church. Well, are you going to church? I said, no. Well, that's why we are here. We're bringing a church to you, so it's easier for you to, re- uh, to believe in Jesus. And then, uh, then he said, well, you have to convince me. And I said, oh, how am I going to do that? And he said, I'm a bio- biology, do you say that here? Biology student. And I love to dig in things. And I was thinking, oh my God, you have really to help me now. And he said, please, can you give me something about Jesus? And I tried as best as I could, because I hate to dig deep, because I don't have concentration with that. But this man is allowed to sit with small things for six hours each day. And then he said, can you tell me something about Jesus? Yes, well, he saved me. And we started, and he was asking questions after question from the beginning in the Bible and to the end. And we were standing with this guy six hours. Six hours. And I said, God, you have to help me. I don't have more words. I don't have more things to give him. I don't have all the, all the scripture I've been learning. It's been given now for six hours. And then he said, well, this was interesting. Can you teach me more? And I said, no, not more. Six hours. I have no power. I'm so tired. And I just asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me. Just give me one word. I'm tired. I want this man to go away. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit said, just wait. And I said, I have been waiting for six hours. I cannot handle them. This is me. I'm honest with you. This is me. And I said, I- I'm tired. God, sorry I'm saying it. Keep the mouth shut of this man. I'm so tired. Then the Holy Spirit said, just say how wonderful God is. It's about our knowledge. And then I said, Jesus is a fantastic man. I said to this young man, Jesus is a fantastic man. You are searching something that you cannot find because you are thinking with your brain. I'm sorry to say it, brother. Jesus is above your brain. And he was quiet. And I said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. (laughs) And I said, it's a reason why we have been meeting here in the streets in Germany. Because you are longing of the answer of your life. And the answer is Jesus Christ. And I said, let us pray. And he closed our eyes and said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And we prayed and he was touched. A biology, biological student, huh? engineer students. And I was so, felt my so little. How should I convince that this young man that was digging and digging. And I was just swimming and swimming and he was digging. It is 
Jesus' name. God will give us everything we need to reach our friends, our families. To reach our students, our colleagues. And when we pray, God will answer. Amen. You're saying, but Johnny, I've been praying so many times. Yes, I have also done that. I've been praying so many times. But the Bible says, when we pray, he will answer. When or how, we don't know. But he will answer. He will answer. That's the Bible. That's the truth. And when we are standing on the streets in Germany, day after day, hours after hours, I always ask my, this same question every day. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Because God has said, go out. Preach in your way, Johnny. Not in the pastor's way. Not in the big name's way. But preach in your way. And we are standing on the streets in Germany. And churching are being planted. Amen. Churches has been planting. In six months we have been seeing two churches being planted. One house church has been planting. That's a big miracle, my brothers and my sisters. In Germany. In six months. How is it possible? I have no idea. I just know when we are preaching, people will be convicted by the name of Jesus Christ. We are praying for the sick people. Honestly, somebody gets healed, somebody not. Do we give up? Not at all. We are continuing because the Bible has said, when you pray for sick people, they will be healed. On Monday, I don't know. On Tuesday, maybe. If not, we will pray on Wednesday. If something happens on Wednesday, we'll be happy. On Thursday, we will continue to pray for sick people. We are not giving up. Because the Bible said, it will be one day. One day it will be a breakthrough. If it's going to be tomorrow, or next week, or the next year, I don't care. But my, our vision, our goal is to see people get saved. People come to church, be changed, be trained to reach other people. And together we are fulfilling the commandments from God. Go out in all the world. Let me say something. What is the difference between one person that succeed and one person that not succeed? What is the difference? Knowledge, education, pastor. The one that not is giving up is the one who succeeded. That's the only difference. If you're an evangelist, no, 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 no. If you're a pastor, no. If you're a nice shirt or nice tie, no. The one that is not giving up, he will be a successor. Amen. That's the difference. Or you want to be a successor in the family of God? What did I say? Successful, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, my English. You have been praying for your children years. And you're now starting to say to God, God, why are not something happened? 
And God says, continue to pray. Don't ask questions, why or why not? You've been praying for yourself. You have stomach pain. You've been praying and praying and praying. You take medicine and you're starting to say, God, I'm in a church. I'm a servant of God in a church. I've been praying. Why do I have stomach pain? My personal, I cannot say, uh, uh, tell you an answer. But God is saying, continue. It will break through a miracle in your stomach. Some of you in a family, you have a son or a daughter. You have a problem. It has been taking so much power from the family. You have been crying. Really crying. And now you almost not have more power to cry for. Because it's taking so much focus. God says, that child is still my child. This child is still my child. So don't cry out to give up. But cry, it will come an answer. It will come an answer. That child in your family will be maybe a history maker around you. You cannot see it today, but it will be it in the future. What does the Bible say? In the kingdom of God, it is hope, future. There was no hope, it is hope in the name of Jesus. There was no future, it is future in the name of Jesus. And your prayers, God has heard all your words. He has been seeing all your cries. And he also cry with you. But he says, I'm crying because it's coming a victory day in that family. Can we pray together? Let us close here. You can stand, you can sit. It's totally up to you. Father in heaven, I thank you for this family. I thank you for this family prayers. I thank you, Father. For your word into this family, this son or this daughter. They've been almost giving up. It has been hard for them to pray. They've been crying out, why are you not answering? But you are saying to them, it is still my child. It is still the child I'm loving. Don't be afraid, sister God. Don't be afraid because I'm still there with the child. So, Father in heaven, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for peace. And right now I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will reveal the love and peace in this child. So when she's coming back one day, she will say, something has happened. I see, I felt a love in my heart. So Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for this child to be saved. And I thank you for peace into this family in the name of Jesus Christ. And while we are praying here, I am not sure, but I see a back of a person. You have some muscles problem in the back. And you have problems on the mornings. Sometimes you go to work, you're coming home, you have so much pain. You've been praying and praying and praying. 
If you have been to the doctor, have medicine, I'm not sure, but I see a pill. So I believe that you have been to doctors and you have medicine. But still the pain is in the backs. I don't know if it has been an accident or something. I have no idea about that. But I know that you have been praying for your back and your muscles hurt so much. And I believe through this picture that you have a healing right now in your back, in your muscles. So let us pray, church. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for healing these muscles in the back, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that your, the nerves in the back will be healed right now, in this moment. Father, I thank you for your healing divine power from heaven. Will now touch this person and it will be warm and the nerves will be healed and the muscles will be healed and these pills that that person is taking father i thank you and i glorify you it is an end of pills medicine and i glorify jesus christ for your divine healing power in this back in the name of jesus christ It is a lady here that has problem with her neck. You have problem with sleeping. And you don't know. Some nights you're waking up and you don't know how to do it, how to sleep. It's so pain. And you've been waking up sometimes, sometimes not. And during the mornings, during the days, you're, you're so um, sad because your neck is not healed. You go to doctors. You don't know what to do. And the doctors cannot give you an answer. But right now I believe that your neck will be healed. And in this night you will sleep as a queen. And your sleeping problems will therefore end. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for neck problem to be healed right now. In this moment of healing. Father, on the cross, you put all the sickness, the disease, and the pain on Jesus Christ. And by his womb, what you have done on the cross, we are healed. And these are just signs on the living Jesus Christ, whom we believe, whom we worship, whom we are praying to, what you have done on the cross. So, Father, I thank you. The neck will be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody here has heard us this morning and you have been saying to yourself, Oh, I wish it has been me that has been going out and preaching, testified. I really want to do it, but I am afraid of doing it. You say to yourself when you heard my wife and you heard me, oh, I wish it should be me. I wish that I had been so bold that I can go out and be a witness of the Almighty God. God will give you boldness. God will give you strength. It's totally up to you if you want to be led by God. It's totally up to you. It's not up to God. God has said it. When you take a step, God will take a step together with you. 
and you are not alone when you are testifying on the schools, among your friends, on the streets. You don't need to shout out with the Bible in hand and say, listen to me, people. You can just be yourself. And when the opportunity is coming, you're praying for a sick, they will be healed. When the opportunity is coming, you just give what you have been receiving from Christ. And God will do it through you. Don't be afraid. God will confirm it to you. And there's a couple here. You have been praying and praying and praying for an open door into ministry. You have been praying and praying and praying. You are, you're longing to serve God in full time. Listen to me. The door is going to be open for you. The door is going to be open for you. You are going into ministry. God will give you people that support you. God will give you people that praise for you. God will give you the money you need to serve the God in full time. Don't give up and ask, when? Say to God, thank you. The day will come. The day will come. And the door will be open. And when you meet, come to that day, you will run as crazy. And God will do Wonderful miracles around you. Stop to pray when. Start to say, thank you God for the day. When the day comes, we will run together. Amen. Can we stand up for some few seconds? If you can play piano or not, it's up to you. Let us focus a few seconds here. We have been praying for sick people. God is giving some words. I don't know whom, how many, or few. I don't know. But that's not my focus. My focus is that God will do something through you. God will do miracles through you. God will give you everything you need. There is a man here. In the past, something bad happened in your family, maybe in your marriage. And you sometimes says, How can God use me? I am not a perfect man. I've been bad to my wife, to my children. I've done bad things. And you're saying, How can God use me? Okay, let me say this. Who was Moses? A murder. Are you a murder? No. If God chose Moses, he can choose you. And God chose me. I know he can choose you. You see, whom we are, what we have done in the past, is not important from God. But what we are doing today, that is important. Don't say to yourself, I am nobody. You are somebody that God has called. To what He has called you, I have no idea. But you are a specific sp person in the kingdom of God. And He wanted to use you. And He's standing here today and waiting for you. And He said, Stop saying that I am nothing. Start to say, I am somebody. 
You don't need a theological education to do something. You need yourself to say, yes, I believe in God. I don't know how to do it, but I believe in you. And God says, fantastic, let us go together. So don't say to yourself, I'm not worthy from God because of my past. You are fantastic. Because of your history, God will use you something in the future because of your history. He will use you to do something specific for other people because of your life education. I don't have money. No, I didn't have money at all when I started. I have 10 pounds the first time I went to India. 10 pounds did I have. 500 people received Christ. You don't need money. You need God. You don't need, sorry to say it, you don't need a perfect family. God will make it perfect. But when you start, you don't need to be perfect. God will change you. God will use you. He will change your mind. He will change your heart. He will change you. He will change your wife. He will change your children. Don't say, I'm not worthy. When God was choosing, uh, choosing Moses, he was well known that he was a murderer. When God was choosing Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul's number one in his life before, he was to take all the Christians. And God says, I'm going to use you. Have you beat up some Christian people in the church? No. That's no problem. Don't say you are not worthy. You are a diamond in the kingdom of God. In my 16 years, in my first 16 years, everybody hated me. When I started, when I was meeting Christ, I said to myself, God, you cannot use me. I'm not worthy for you. I've done this and done this. I even tried to kill my sister when she was seven years old. And God said, I want to use you when I was 16 years old. I said, no, you cannot use me. I have tried to kill myself. Do you know that? Of course, I'm all God Almighty. I know everything about you. But God changed my heart. I was a racist. I was almost a racist. Suddenly I'm in Africa speaking to black people. You see, when God is meeting you and you allow Him into your uh, you. He'll allow him to go into your life. He will change you in the perfect way to use you. So don't say you're nothing. You are somebody. If you are in a divorce or you had a divorce, it's been a painful for you. Yes, I know that. God has been crying with you. But it's a future in the kingdom of God. It is a future. When we was praying for sick people right now, when God was giving somewhere, it was still some standing here that said, oh, please mention my, say something to my sickness. I've been praying so much. Please say something and I will be healed. We are going to pray right now. I don't know how many sick here or whatever. I don't know. We pray in a few seconds, a small, short prayer. And in the, this prayer, somebody will feel a warmness going through your body when we are finished you will feel wow what happened it's just a signal from God healing is just a part of the kingdom of God 
So where you are standing, just put your hand on your heart. And we will pray right now for your disease and your sickness will go away. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for all diseases. I thank you for all sickness. I thank you for all pains. We will go away right now in this moment. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for knee problems. I thank you for hand problems, headache, migraine, bad eyes, bad ears. Everything will be healed in the name of Jesus Christ and only in the name of Jesus Christ. As the Bible says, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have been lifted up from the darkness into the light. It is only about the name of Jesus Christ. So Father, right now in this moment, in my boldness of faith, in my humbleness of faith, I just pray for this church. I just pray for these people right standing here right now with big pains in the head, in the neck, in the back, in the stomach, in the heart, heart disease, blood disease. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for your divine healing power. Right now, I believe we have received healings from your heaven in the name of Jesus amen and I glorify for everything I glorify for everything is standing here one person or maybe two or three I don't know but I think it's not many you really want to come back to where you belong to you have been a part of the church you're going in and out, in and out, in and out. You really want to come back where you belong to. In the center of the cross where Jesus Christ is. You feel yourself that you're way, a long way from. And you, you're on distance. But you really want to come back. You really want to be a a servant of God, a believer that's going out with Jesus Christ. You really want to see your friends, your family, but you have been away. And during this service, you said to yourself, Oh, Father, I want to come back. Oh, Jesus, I want to come back. Yes, you are saved, no problem with that, but you have been away. It is somebody here, I don't know. Let us close our eyes. And you said, and you said to yourself, It is me, I'm far away, I want to come back. Can you just raise one of your hands and we pray? If it is you standing here. You're saying to yourself, I'm, a, I'm away, but I want to be in the center. If you're standing here, can you just lift one of your hands in the air? Can I see? God bless you. Is it more? I see one hand. Is it more? God bless you. If you're standing here, Yes, I really want to be in the middle of the kingdom of God. I really want to be back where I belong. Can you please just raise one of your hands so I can see? Father in heaven, I thank you for that person that said, Yes, I really want to come back. I really want to be a person that goes on the word of God. Father, I thank you. You are blessing that person right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you clean our, his heart, his mind. I thank you that he will go home and he will say, Thank you 
that I'm in the center and not away. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When we was praying for a, for a sick, somebody here felt a warmness in the body. I don't know who you are. Can you just move a little bit on your bodies? Just move a little bit and check. Wow, something has happened. If it is possible for you, can you just move your neck a little bit? Move your back a little bit. Move your body a little bit. And check. Wow, something has happened. Wait, what's happened here? I'm not sure. I'm asking you if this, I'm, uh, I'm right or wrong. Can you check a little bit? Wait, what's happening in my back? What's happening in my arm? Just move your body a little bit. And just test it. And be happy. Be thankful that God has done something in your body. And it's only about Jesus Christ. When the Mark said, these signs will follow those who believe. It is everybody. It is everybody. It's you and it's me. So when you're going out in your way, you're meeting friends, don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Be yourself. Give what you have and God will do the rest. Amen. Let us give a hand to Jesus. Let us clap our hands to Jesus and glorify Him. It's nothing more important than knowing Christ and loving Him and serving Him. Nothing else in this life is going to count at the end of it other than that. We appreciate Miriam and Johnny coming today. And uh, I know that they have lots of places to go and lots of things to do. And uh, we're just going to pray a blessing on them as they go. They're leaving tomorrow. They're going via Dublin. Are you going straight back to Germany? And then uh, maybe that Vietnam thing, maybe that will work out for you uh, later on in the year. Uh, and it's exciting, isn't it, just to serve the Lord whatever way he's got for us. So let's just reach out and pray for this couple. Lord, we thank you for this precious couple we thank you for their life and we thank you for their ministry we thank you lord that they have put you first and lord they're trusting you with all of their hearts and you're leading and directing them by your holy spirit so we pray blessing upon them or prosper their ministry multiply it let be favor upon it in jesus name pray lord for the journey tomorrow that you'll keep them safe and sound and Lord, that they'll be back home in Germany again on the streets to minister and reaching Germans for Christ. We thank you, Lord, for all that they do around the world. We pray that you'll bless them as they continue in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.